Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back, everybody. Off vacation, Joshua Fisher, Alexander DeSapos, Nikki Snacks, Crider, and the Quan Cosby. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast, so get your horns up, because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas <clears throat> podcast, and it feels so good to on paper. On paper, everything feels so good. Obviously, things will change come the fall. That's when the real play starts, and it's gonna be a major dogfight. But for right now, Quinn Ewers, yesterday's news. Who who, who <laughs> even need, like that, who yeah. even needs <laughs> now? That's what that's what someone was. You know what? Here's the deal. For those living under a rock, welcome back. Uh, you've plenty more to catch up to than just the Texas football news. Um, but Arch Manning, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, Arch Manning is now officially a Texas Longhorn as it stands right now. We've landed the number one recruit in the 2023 class, bringing him to the horns. Ole Miss was in the mix. Not going to happen. Tennessee, they went somewhere else. Georgia, one and natty, but no dice with Arch. Alabama, smell you later. <laughs> AM, are we gonna even consider them? Nope. He's gonna be a longhorn. It's an amazing day. Quan, I want to start with you. I just want to go around the horn on it, but Quan, Nick's thrown this stat at me like once a day for like the last three or four days. There has been three perfect score QBs in the history of perfect scoring for recruits. Arch Manning, Longhorn, Quinn Ewers. He was the big prize a couple months ago. He's now a longhorn. He'll be their starting quarterback, presumably this fall. The other boy, boy, your boy. Yep. Your quarterback, your one of your one of your many great QB ones, Vince Young. What was it about from your perspective? I don't even think we've talked about Vince really from your perspective. We've touched on it. But from your perspective, other than his, you know, obviously amazing ability to throw the football and run. What was it about Vince maybe in the huddle in the locker room that made him a quote unquote five star person that these boys can bring to the field? Man, and I'm going to tell you, and, and people were hating on him and said, which he'll tell you himself, he needed to develop a little bit more in the throwing department. So how did he have a perfect score? That's it in a nutshell. It's funny because the tools will continue to develop. And I think Quinn, he's getting where he needs to get to. It's the tools, but it's just that little bit different mindset, that winning. I think there were, a lot of guys can throw as good as anyone. Why didn't a Pat Mahomes, who had one of the best arms you ever know, not have a perfect score? And, yeah, he's a winner, and you figure that out later on, but it's that it factor. I think that's what gives you a perfect score. And you cannot deny, no one can deny Vince had that on every level. Uh, He threw it great, especially by the time we won the Natty. Um, He ran it and made very, very high-level draft pick, looks like you know, little giants. And it was just that it factor, that leadership perspective, those other tangibles that come on football. I always say it all the time. I was like, man, it's just so weird to me because I think a lot of guys, I grew up at a small school and played offense, defense, special team and all that. So I knew the game real well. And I think a lot of folks don't know it like we used to. Mm. They think they can learn more. No offense to the Madden. You can't learn some stuff on Madden, 
but they lean on that versus just the absolute get out there, learn the game, play the game and be about it. So I think it's the, and I, and I think, uh, well, clearly I know Vince had it. Some of them have it and you don't even know it's a later, like a Colt. Um, Quinn, everything we've seen on film, even though it was high school, he's next level. And then last but not least, this guy's a Manning. Let's be real. He's a freaking Manning. They just do things differently. Yeah. And by the way, maybe one of the athlete, most athletic out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's a, uh, it's a, well, uh, hey, on paper, but this is different. I, I told some folks this week, I said, there's only been one recruit since I've been, we either went to Texas or left, that I got text messages from now 15 different states. Someone from 15 different states were like, damn, dude, great get. Kentucky, Mississippi, Bama, Florida, Cali, Denver, New York, Chicago. All these, they're like, hey, man, great job. That's insane to me. I'm like, yeah. what? Well, I mean, some people who don't even like football that much, but that's the difference. That's the thing. People who don't even watch football still know who Peyton and Eli Manning are, right? So you hear the name Manning, and that's immediately a huge brand. But you bring up, you know, he could be, you know, the most athletic. Cooper Manning, before he got injured, was said to be the best Manning out of the three Manning brothers. And now his son is now committed to the University of Texas. So it's interesting. But uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, this is something that's super exciting. And I just can't stop smiling. And I'm looking at Kalan right now. You got a grin on your face, too, man. Well, it's ridiculous. It's surreal. I'm going to tell you real quick on the haters, because I love it. If you're, you start getting hating on, hating on, which we do often, but you really know you've done something right. You so made it. Oh, it doesn't mean anything until Texas is relevant. Well, dumbass, you're not going to be relevant if you don't get people <laughs> like this. So it means everything yep. to be relevant again. Mm-hmm. So I just had to give the, 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 I had to give the haters their due for two seconds. But oh yeah, I'm smiling. I'm pumped. And we bring up the Manning family: Cooper, Peyton, Eli. The whole king of the Manning family is Archie Manning, and he. he I saw a hot take. I, I mean, I admittedly wasn't around in the 70s to watch football and 80s to watch football but somebody did say that Archie was the best pure quarterback of all the Mannings and he was just on a dog crap team the Saints uh so this is a family where it's gone generation to generation he's the guy presumably but when is he the guy uh toss I'll go to you man because you and I were on with our buddy Jack Ferris uh who does a Gonzaga show we were talking a lot of NBA stuff and he said, is Arch Manning going to be the quarterback in 2023? Which I said, if he's the quarterback in 2023, that means this upcoming season was an absolute disaster. <laughs> Where do okay. you stand on the timeline? Thoughts on this? Maybe yeah. how big of an impact it has, not just the quarterback position. Well, I think, I think one, you're right on the money. He needs to be redshirted next year. We need to start the QB dynasty. Quinn plays two years, then he goes to the league. The next year in 2024, that's when Arch is starting. He's coming in as a redshirt freshman. He's primed. He's ready to go. He makes an immediate impact. Um, I think the the dominoes are already starting to fall, right? The What this means, not only to just bring this kid in, and I, I'll touch a little bit on one thing that I want to talk about just in regards to like his family and everything, but we're already seeing guys follow suit, right? You know, we, we brought in his tight end before we brought Arch in himself, but there are other recruits and we're already shaping up the Texas Longhorns 
to be in the front runner for having the number one recruiting class in the nation. And, and just as Quan was saying, like, that's what really matters. If you bring in the talent, you have a lot easier of a job to do to put wins in the win column. And you've got, you've got the, the foundation in play, right? Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart touched on that. After winning the Natty, he was like, I'm the same coach. What? Oh, I have better players. That was, yeah. that was, bef- wasn't that before the Natty? Wasn't that may have been after the, uh, the, the SEC championship? Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, completely indicative of what you have to do to be a winning blue chip program in college football. But I think the really interesting thing about Arch and his 100, his perfect rating is that, yes, he is a Manning. And so you expect certain things to, you know, to be there for him. Right. The, but the, between the ears, he's got the best coaches talking to him and telling him how to do it. Right. They're certainly working on him with the proper throwing mechanics from a very, very early age. But with that, with that pedigree of a family like that, you also have the opportunity to go the opposite direction. And he didn't. He's a 100. He's a perfect, perfect prospect from a QB standpoint. There's only been three, as, as Nick loves to say, there's only been three ever, all Texas Longhorns, hook him. But the fact that he didn't go the opposite direction and Give up football, play a different sport. He's a really good basketball player. Okay, two-sport athlete, right? We love to hear that. Footwork in the pocket. Basketball certainly helps with that. He's getting up. He knows how to, you want to talk about goal line dive? He's going over the pylon. He's going over to the huddle. All the guys, the scrum, he can do it. He can hoof. Scrum. The scrum. A little little rugby talk. No, but I think that to me, that's that's the most interesting thing is because I did not grow up in a family where I had a lot of pressure on me to be a premier athlete, but he did. And he is meeting and exceeding expectations. And I think we have to take note of that. He's the, he's going to be the right type of guy to take over Texas, Texas football and also college football and really lead the charge there. I mean, as Quinn was right. South Lake Carroll, incredible. It's a, it's a dynasty of a high school right there. So that's that's meaningful. That's an incredible point. And I was going to touch on earlier really like, the differences between Vince Young and and Ewers and Pat Mahomes is winning, right? Like these guys, like Vince Young was a winner, right? Like that's that it factor you're talking about. He found a way. Same thing with going to South Lake Carroll. I mean, you're there's a lot to do there to win. I mean, you not necessarily have to be the best quarterback, but they're going to win regardless. But diamonds are made from pressure, right? And mm-hmm. And Manning has been under pressure, right, his entire life, right, in the spotlight of the national attention. And so we need a guy who is ready to take Texas's pressure and be that guy. And I think Quinn has that a little bit as well. But if there's a guy who is seasoned for pressure, it's definitely a Manning. Dude, and Quinn's going to help it too, though. I it's a really think- crazy point. I didn't think at this point. Either. Yeah, well, because you think about the last few coaches we've even had. I think the pressure at Texas was too much. I think the winning tradition that we all talk about and read on the wall of Texas Longhorns and not being trusted with the weak or the timid, this guy is not weak or timid. He actually wants it. He wants all the smoke. And even from a leadership standpoint as coaches, I'm not saying the, the previous ones were weak or timid, but the UT pressure, the UT, everything that comes with it may have just been too much. This guy's had that since he was in diapers mm-hmm. to a certain degree, being in that family. And he's like, I'm all for it. Let's go. So that that is next level. Great freaking point. Yeah. And these guys are line going to line up to play 
with Arch. And then uh, here's a couple of things that I'm loving in the community that just like small things that are changing, small things that I noticed even in our conversations before we get on air. We're getting hyped about people just wanting to come here. We're done putting our noses up about the five star, the four star, and, you know, and it's more important that it's talent over stars. Mm-hmm. Right. Guys, they're going to come. We talked about that guy, Stro, the offensive lineman who's 6'6", 345. Yeah, he's a three star, but we all saw the highlights. We all saw that he's 345 as a can't. Case. You can't coach size. Bro, and the evaluation process is what I think you're talking about, John. Yeah, exactly. These recruits and the way this staff is evaluating, the hell with the star. Colt McCoy was a three-star. Oh, just ended up being the all-time winningest football quarterback in NCAA history. So the evaluation is what I'm loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're throwing out stats. Do you guys remember? What were we? Come on. We were actually looking at your stats the other day. You were, what are your number four? What is your number four? Fourth all time in Texas touchdowns and te- oh, receiver. receiving receivers. Receiving. Huh. Can, and I you, think I think you're you're uh, fifth or sixth all time in yards receiving. Sidetrack. He's fifth. Can you name the three guys ahead of you in touchdowns? In touchdowns, Nick. Do you Nick? I think we remember. Well, I know two of them are easy because that's Ship and uh, Roy. Yeah. The other the the other one may be. Nick just said it. You can't coach size. You can't coach no, size. Come on. Don't give him a hand. <laughs> he doesn't need a hand. Is it Colin Johnson? No. No. no he's oh, there Mike, in yards, Mike, though. He, got is, you, he has you in yards. I was thinking Mike Mike Davis for some reason. You're, you're sixth in yards. Colin Johnson's fifth in yards. What? Colin's got more yards than you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I, so, much, I didn't. Colin came as a freshman and caught a lot of, caught a, a lot of yards. We didn't throw as much back then. I caught up with shit. I mean, with Colt. Huh? So you got shit. Oh, so you, got, you no. got you. You got 19 receiving touchdowns. This guy's got 20. He barely got you. Is it little ship? Nope. 20. That's not size. That's not size right there. Quan gave you a hint. This is BS. He gave you a hint. Is who? He went, he went he to the league. Lima Swede. Swede has 20. Yeah, he has wow, you by one. That's good. That's good. Uh, man, Someone he's getting a text after this, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, hey, he caught a lot, and especially um, I think hell, I think he caught 12, 13 in one year. So yeah, that wow. makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, but you're to your top five really in top five yeah. in receptions as well. There you go, Q. Yeah, I didn't you know that. So I'm top five and kind of and I'm number six in one yards. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. How I'm much cool eligibility? How much eligibility you got so we can go back and get you <laughs> in the top five in yards? That NIL, hey, NIL apparently NIL money is looking really good these Listen, days. Listen, so you know what? You know what's funny about that because some of cats don't have this mindset, but I'm so ready to be like number fourteen because yeah. that means we have some dudes balling, dude. True, true. I don't give a yeah, listen. I got natty. I have all the things I need on on, on the the mantle. Those records, I want them to be broken. I want a Bolitnikov guy. I want everything. I want it all. Oh, and by the way, if you had all purpose, now nah, so speaking of my man last week, um, or not last week, the last time we talked, um, Metcalf. Oh, I'm going crazy. Metcalf. Metcalf. The cold is eat, eat, Eric. But um, I think I'm somewhere in the mix in that space too. Well, we got a guy on our team right now who had 12 touchdowns last season, so he's only seven away from you. <laughs> That's great, Xavier That's Worthy. Awesome. 
Worthy. I, I want him to go to, I want him to go 15 this year. <laughs> I want to, you know, who I, I want him to actually touchdowns? have a bigger season than old boy that chose USC. What's his name? That Addison, Jordan Addison. Yeah. Oh, you see, that's why I get so crazy about talking about dudes that choose mm-hmm. another school. I, it's, I'm going to tell you how big Manning is. And we do talk a little more recruiting. So thank y'all for making me pay attention to more recruiting. But I struggle with it because I don't like paying attention to dudes who don't choose Texas. True. I like dealing with them when they're on campus and I will pour my heart and soul into them, mentoring, guiding, you name it. I struggle dealing with guys choosing other schools. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. So I, I said this on our other show. Uh, when you weren't here, Quan, but I said to Josh and Toss that I think within the next four years, we might get a USC Texas national championship rematch. And the 20 year anniversary is in 2025. Ooh. You know what? You're, you're right for a lot of reasons, mainly because with us going to the SEC, some of us going to have to beat each other out. Yeah. So it's, it's not going to be that perspective. Yep. And then the Big Ten, blah, Ohio State's going to be in the mix. Michigan, who knows? But yeah, you. So you think Lincoln's gonna change it that fast? I mean, he's got Caleb Williams now to help him out, and and Mario, and and he's got Jordan Addison. I mean, they brought over so many guys. I agree. The only thing I know about USC because uh, one of my clients is a USC grad, and he said a kid he actually mentored was uh, either the either starting guard or or, or um, center. He mm-hmm. said, "I love this kid. He's phenomenal. He's super smart, and all that." But I think he's six two. <laughs> you can't be that in college football. Yeah. So they have some of the issues, and Lincoln's going to learn that we had in the trenches. Yeah, and that we address so that might prolong it a little bit longer. Yeah, I think I think we put such a premium this year on O line recruiting as we should. I mean, we should do that every year, but partially probably because we're getting ready for the SEC. Those are big oh, for boys. Sure. Oh, well, we learned. We, we have set level guys now. We learned. We learned the the Arkansas. Looking back on it, the Arkansas thing could have been one of the best things to happen to the program because it was a very rude awakening. And sometimes you need that. And now we have a buffer of a few years. Look, we saw the size we need, the speed we need in the trenches, not on the outside. Everyone looks at Alabama and it's like Devonta Smith. It's the it's the Jerry Judy show. And everyone's looking at Alabama. When we go see Alabama this year, everyone's be like, oh, Bryce Young is here. The but every year, every year they have a top 10 O-lineman drafted. Forget, every year. Forget the receivers, though. Go back. They're just ahead of the curve. Go back 12 years when it was running back after running back yeah. after running Get back after there. running back. There was a layer. I, no, no, that's actually LSU. That was LSU. Uh, what's my man? You, it, it, was, it, was, it was Ingram, then Richardson, Ingram. then Henry, then Lacey. All, Lacey was in the mid, Like all those guys. Josh Jacobs. Josh Aetna, every single one of those guys, probably there were probably three offensive linemen from Alabama that were taken in the top three rounds that draft. Oh, Andre Smith. When I when I mean when I went in 09, Andre Smith, first round pick. Hell, he got in trouble and he didn't play his bowl game. And so I mean, yes, they, they've had linemen in the first every single year. I got yeah. nervous. I thought I wasn't gonna know when he was picked. I got scared. I used to do this, be able to do this thing, Quan. I could do it if I write it out where I can do pretty much every first round pick from 05 until now. I'm going to tell you how fascinating that is because <laughs> I'm so weird for me to love sports so much. I have the weirdest things like not liking recruiting that much. Yeah. And I have reason for it, but yeah. you know what? I don't know. I think the only draft I watched was the one I wasn't in. 
Really? That's the only draft I watched my entire life. Wow. I get it now, and it's even better now because I just get ESPN alerts, so I really don't have to watch it. And I know yeah. y'all love it. I mean, we talked yeah, about fun. it around the draft. Y'all love it, but I don't – that is the only one. And I honestly – I didn't really watch it either because I was just sitting there jacking around with you know, Bill Cosby, who's been through some things since then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was – I mean, I, and Aaron Andrews, that was all, that was fun. But, um, no, nah, so I, I don't know that – I didn't even really watch that one. Wow. That's wild. I It's probably my third – I don't know. used to be my favorite event. Obviously, I love the March Madness. I love the Masters. You know, you're a huge golf guy. And so maybe at the end, we can get your thoughts on, on live over there. But Ooh. I do want to hear. Uh, yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on this. because Jordan Addison was brought up and we had a big debate amongst us. They unretired Carson Palmer's number three. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Addison and Palmer, like, obviously, okayed it. But like, I know it wasn't just Carson Palmer. That was also Keenan jo- or um, uh, Keyshawn Johnson as well. It was both of them. Is is that not crazy? It's insane. That is insane. The dude's gonna have one year at right. USC. I'm one sorry, season. but they're not gonna win a natty. You only do that for a national championship. Oh, sure, he won a Belitnikov. Cool. Or, or a but guy no. who's gonna play for three seasons at least. Yeah. Not a guy who's playing for one season. That is crazy. That's what they did. That's what it took. Yeah. Oh, then he can go if he wanted that level of attention, bro. We got we have a guy. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, can I can I kind of counterpoint this, though? Because like what I was just talking about, I I agree with you guys completely. But what we were just talking about with Arch and like the pressure, I kind of love a guy that's coming to the locker room being like, I'm that good. I'm I want that number because I'm going to do exactly what they did. That's not what that screams to me. I think you should understand. You got to understand like the program that you're going into. But I do like narcissism. I think that's a little bit different. Hey, I think that, a sometimes that works in sports. Let's having be honest. Your entire life and having a Peyton Manning level. You're when you're unretiring numbers. That's no, it's you're that's, getting too into the weeds of like what's important to you because that's all, not yeah, really. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. First of all, that's like the the number one receiver in the nation coming over, or let's just say transfer, right? Let's let's say someone from Bama who is who's like their best receiver right now, Josh. Uh, I, I got to look at their depth chart right now and see whatever. It's guys. like one of their guys is transferring, right? And wants number 10. And it's like unretired 10 I for mean, Texas. Yeah, no way, dude. Young's, no um, chance. Because you know, pa- Palmer, no. Carson Palmer won an Addy with USC. Yes. Like, he, he deserves that number to be retired. I, I'm Did not Carson saying... win a Heisman too? Or he's a runner-up? I think he was a runner-up, right? I think he, he won. Did he? He might, have, he might have. I won. thought he won the Heisman too. <laughs> so you got the double whammy. I think he did win. But but, but hey, while go. we're thinking about that, I got an even better question. Yeah, he won the Heisman. Yeah, if too. that guy chose Bama, but Bama had undone any retired number no. to get him. No. So honestly, that to me is a little more telling about where the state of usc program yeah. is have some respect versus, for your program right versus i mean dude forget that bro no 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 dude i'm not unretiring a number because guess what that guy we hope he's gonna be okay we hope it's gonna work out that dude you're undoing is the reason lincoln got all the money that he got because they've already been there built that done that and i mean put skin on the wall i mean honestly like why don't we just go look at like what Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase didn't even play last year, and he's the, he's might be one of the top five best receivers in the NFL. Like Jordan Addison, like what do you really even have to? Why is he even playing? Honestly, why is he playing? Yeah. Ooh, that's actually a good point. 
Yeah. Why is he, why is he playing? Well, because he can get paid this year. That's why. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different Boom. ball game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, a lot of money this year. That, that, that is bag is a little bit bigger in the NFL. I mean, obviously, you got to earn it. Jay, but Chase would have probably played if they were given bags like that. Thousand percent, he would have played. They would have paid him to stay. No, they, they would have paid him to play. They they would have paid him and he wouldn't even have played. That's what would have happened. He would have just made money and then rolled Crazy to the NFL right. and, and done Crazy his thing. Person. One last thing I want to say on the, the arch thing. Like, I love we were talking about before we got on. We were catching flack from so many different places. Obviously, everyone loves rubbing the is Texas. Texas is back. We love saying it. They love giving us grief for it. You know, Scott Van Pelt, I'm seeing him being like, but Texas isn't really back until they win games. I love the guy that wants to come into our locker room, Arch, and change that. And yeah. he wants he wants everyone's heat because it's about becoming like Quan, like y'all's teams, where you had the the target on your back and you delivered time and time and time again. Where that gives you an extra chip on your shoulder. Being the best gives you the chip on your shoulder because you have to defend it. And I think that it just again it's indicative that that pressure makes diamonds and that this guy just, well, he wants it. Like he he's wants a, all he's a it. fiend for the pressure. Even with us having this low, we all saw the article, 11 teams identify us as their rival. He wants <laughs> every bit of all of this. He's like, I, I know I'm going to get their best. We, we said it all the time. We're not playing Kansas. We're playing a different team. Kansas almost beat Vince and them I, the year we won the, um, the Rose Bowl versus Michigan. And Vince made a crazy good run to get a first down. You're not playing. Forget the the jersey. Forget all of that. Forget all every game they ever played. You're gonna get better when they play UT. And Arch is like, yeah, that's what I want. I'm mm-hmm. in. I'll sign up for that. Let's yeah. go. And so, it's, no, that's a good point, man. It's fun. It's funny. It's funny that. to me too because it's like we're talking all this talk about Arch and realistically not going to see him for another two to three years. Like we're forgetting about our guy Quinn, who's probably going to bring Texas back. You know. And That's by the, the way, you know what? I'm glad you said that because I think he wants it too. Yeah. I I, I truly yeah. think he is every bit of that. Listen, you don't rock a mullet like that if you don't want to smoke. <laughs> I'm just saying. Aston Martin uh, on mullet. One hand, I'm like, no, that is, man, that is not good looking by the way i doubt he's having an issue on campus That's no no he's been fine with his ass but, <laughs> but i was like that is not good looking he's like nah that's me i want it talk crap about it look all the hair you want man just focus my right arm by the time we get to the second quarter <laughs> it's, like, just, it, it's he could have stayed at ohio state he could have stayed at ohio state played one year gone to the pros done he could have done that he wants to play he oh. wants to play football you know something to that point that no one's talking about? They're like, oh, but he transferred from – we have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Forget mm-hmm. recruiting. If him and Herman didn't get along or he wasn't a fan of them, he didn't just make that move and then jump ship like that other quarterback that changed schools like 30 times. Yeah, Texas Tate, had a different coach. He saw – even though they went five and seven, he saw the year Casey Thompson even had – without his skill set love casey but he's not quinn from a tool standpoint so he's sitting there going back and going this is a different scenario than it was when i backed out and chose ohio state that's what people aren't talking about they're talking about him like oh he's unpredictable he's no 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 no. he chose texas for the right reasons he loved the place tom herman happened he was like i don't know about that and by the way we have brockemeyer brothers we have a lot of guys who made that decision and then when it came back, he was like, oh, yeah, 
this this is different. I want that crew. And so he made his choice. But it's mm-hmm. a guy from Texas, right? Because yeah. like you you better believe he had tons of friends from South Lake Carroll that he played football with or guys that he didn't play football with that were at UT attending the university, heard the buzz of when we started the season hot, right? We felt it. We That's why we were also heartbroken when the season turned out the way that it did because we saw how much talent that team had even in year one of, of Sark's tenure. And so I think like what we have to, that's such a big win. And obviously we talked about it when it happened, but for a guy to be from Texas, go somewhere else, come back to Texas. Like that's what we can start doing by winning. And, and some of these guys are going to go outside of Texas because they're going to want to try and, you know, put their own stamp on, on the NCAA and, you know, be a big oh, guy at a university. There's money involved now. <laughs> right. There's, and there's money. And maybe, you know, they're a three-star and Texas isn't giving them the looks that they think they deserve. And they go to Kansas and they have a great year. And then they want to transfer somewhere afterwards. Guess what? We're going to have spots for them. And mm. if, if the play backs it up, like that's what we can kind of turn into here, which is, which is really cool. And, and obviously, you know, Louisiana is a pipeline too. So now we're tapping yeah. into there. So it's, it's all good things. It's all good things it, it, for the board. I want to touch on something else that we didn't talk about. I'm throwing a curveball today because it's something's changing though. We're talking about transferring. We're talking about all of this. Something's changing, dude. I think I heard Sark talk the other day and he was talking about his scholarships. You get 25 a year, which is debatable if football still needs that with the money involved. But we'll talk about that another time. But 15 of them are going to high schoolers and they're saving 10 for transfers. I want y'all's thought about that. Yeah. It's wild. And by the way, he's not the only one. I've heard plenty of coaches. I mean, by the way, right now, I think there's 15,000 kids, all sports, not just football, in the portal. that's wild i I would say my my comment to that would be you just have to adapt to the changes right like that's just the landscape of college football now and college sports in general so you know you got to portion out the amount of the percentage of scholarships available and if that's how many guys you're going to bring in the thing about those guys in college is they're more proven than the guys in high school right they've been playing against college players all all season long and and if they're the ones that are on the field winning the awards and winning football games at the college level, then bring them in. I'd rather bring those guys in than an unproven, you know, young high school kid. It, we like see a transfer win it all. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it's it's pretty it's a little bit similar to the NBA and in, in a way where it's like the draft picks, the value of draft picks. Like, what do you really want if you're a team that made the playoffs and got past the second round? Do you want a guy that you're drafting in the 20, 25th spot in the first round? Or do you want to trade that pick for a guy who's been in the league for seven years, who's competed in the playoffs before, and you know can make an immediate impact? Has already transitioned into being a pro, right? These are kids that are in high school. You don't you don't know what they're going to be like when they get to yeah. college. But these other kids have been they've been training and they've been coached within a college program. Maybe it's not your program, but you might trust them, right? You might have we might see some like some real feeders established yeah. where they're starting at a Kansas, like I mentioned, they end up at a Texas. I do think it's a little bit different conversation for Texas because <clears throat> there's a lot of recruit. There's a lot of folks in the transfer. You're transferring because you're not starting. You're pouting. You're doing this and you're doing that. I, I think that's my two cents on it. You're holding that many for a guy who is transferring from school. You Jordan Addison is a very different. I don't know that a lot of the folks in the portal had just won the Blitnikoff. If I'm being honest, I guess it changes when your coaches change. If you know Caleb Williams, that those are rare in my opinion. I think most of the folks in the transfer portal 
or disgruntled or not happy. So that's my only worry that if you're going to hold that many, you're not just getting a guy. I guess you could feel so, holes, do so different you, things. You kind of feel like they're damaged goods. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I think yeah. there's certain expectations up. I mean, the kid we got from LSU, I don't know if he's gone or not. Unbelievable looking freaking look like an Under Armour mannequin, but he didn't start. He played special team for us. And that's a scholarship taken. And, and yeah. unfortunately, I don't remember his name, which is a problem if you <clears throat> you held a scholarship for it. To me, it shows but that can happen of, both ways, though. It, can it, it shows, not? You could have a scholarship for a guy who's a, a major recruit and, and he flop. And I, I think you had the NBA point. Sorry, because you I was going to make that point. I think the NBA point is completely right. I think you these are proven guys that you can go after and get. Well, it's a difference between a re, it's a difference between a retool and a and a rebuild. Yeah, yeah, but but also the idea that maybe it's we have ten spots as opposed to six or five, Quan, like which maybe like you're thinking is more the right the right amount. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the I, ten I, could I be like it. it could be predictive nice. of where we want our school to be. And if we're the type of school that's competing for a national championship every single year then every single person is going to want to transfer to us no matter their talent because they know that they can get to the league. Their goal isn't necessarily to, to win a national championship every year. The coach's goal is for sure. Does every player align with that? Most of them do if they're in the locker room for the right reason. I'm about but they to say also, if they don't, then we damn sure better not get them a scholarship. But, well, but they also want to make money and they also want to get to the next level, right? And so those things are a part of the decision-making ma- matrix. The guys that are in the, in the playoff have a lot of dudes drafted every year. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it's like if 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 I'm a guy that played at Kansas and I'm their best wide receiver and I know I can go be a third string wide receiver and be Jackson Smith and Jigbe and Jigbo and and catch X amount of touchdowns and then make it to the league by building up my draft my draft um you know my my, my status as a prospect like it's it's win win and and you're in a bigger market so to speak where you can potentially get more money because more NIL money is being spent. On, on players South at that school in the bigger market. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. You know, the start sometimes, like like you're saying, like Smith and Jigba is the three guy. He was literally the three guy to Olave and Wilson. They're both top 15 picks in their own right. And he's going to be the first receiver taken in this upcoming draft. And he only really needs one year as the number one guy. Yeah. I look, it's major risk, but go down the line. Like Joe Burrow was a transfer. Cam Newton was a transfer. People forget that. There's a lot of times, and these are quarterbacks, yeah, but transfers come in and they they make major impacts on teams. Um, I, I really, Williams transfer. Jameson Williams is a transfer. Yeah, 100%. So the, the, I guess the only thing I'm worried about is you haven't named one person from Texas that was successful at it. I guess that's when, when I think about my it's bias and what I'm talking though. about from a UT standpoint, you haven't named one guy. Uh, yes. Burrow, Cam, yeah. all these cats, super successful at it. Even the last Ohio State quarterback who transferred from Georgia, Baller, Fields. Fields, yeah. I mean, so many guys. I need this to be a Texas conversation right, as right. well. Well, that's but what I say. I think it's a little, little predictive, right? Like, he, it's kind of, I, it feels like the coaching staff being like, this is what we want to be. And, and maybe it's a little early. Maybe you're right. And it's maybe it should have been five instead of 10. But I get where they're going. And I think it. he was talking about it from the, to your point, the changing landscape of what's happening with the portal, with NIL, with, you know, it, because it also changes the game from an NIL standpoint, because we're actually one of the schools that try to follow the rules. Unlike this one a little bit East of us, you're not supposed to use NIL. That's the whole spat between, you know, Jimbo and, and, and uh, Saban, which again, we all know it's full of it, but 
the, tr- the it's a little easy to talk that talk when a kid is already on campus. Mm-hmm. There's no issue with NIL talk with kids on campuses versus the high schoolers. So it's it's a lot. It's a lot of different perspectives. And listen, there's a risk in every freaking kid you ever take. Let's be real here. But it's uh, I do feel a li- because I love Texas high school football so much. I do feel a little bit bad for these kids in high school busting their butt who won't get what I got at a university of Texas because wow. of the scholarships being held for other kids. So yeah. I do, I, I do feel a little bit bad. That's the, the world we live in. That's the, life. Everybody don't get what they want, but yeah. I do feel a little bit bad for them. The but, last, the last yeah. thing I'll say is I, Steph Curry obviously just won an NBA title. I saw like a little, you know, op-ed on him and just like him growing up and the, the Duke didn't recruit him. They didn't want him. And what he said to his dad was basically like, F them. I'm going to go to the school that's giving me a scholarship and I'm never going to go anywhere else. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make this team successful. Steph Curry was in high school a long time ago. And what those conversations that those guys that are, that are prime premier athletes in high school, the conversations they have with each other and how they feel about things is it's a lot, it's a lot different than it used to be. Like the way that they're talking, I imagine about transferring about what that means. And it's not the same. Like it just, yeah, I, I want them to wear that same badge. Like I love that Dirk Nowitzki played 21 years only for the Dallas Mavericks, but yeah. like some people don't care about that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, no, there's, there's so many factors now too. Like we talk about NIL all day, every day. But like it's kind of like a guy playing well in a minor league baseball team and then getting the call up to the big leagues at a blue chip, right? And making more NIL money. You know, yeah. like we had we have Isaiah Nayer, right? He he had one season at Wyoming and he came to Texas. To That's get a great NIL example. Money. Yeah. And, and he was a baller there too. Um, I will say the Steph Curry example, I agree. I know exactly what you meant by it, but 99% of these guys don't have an NBA dad. Well, right. Right. <laughs> well, true. who is also I'm, a phenomenal. We show. have an NFL dad coming in though. Ho- hopefully that's uncle. yeah. Hopefully Arch is listening to that right now. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. only and, Texas, and, and Texas. Told, Orange. My feeling bad for him is not about the cats who <laughs> are going to play in the league. It really is on arts. Well, we didn't actually have that many guys that didn't play in the league. <laughs> All right. So, Hey, you know what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> We I will say all the guys that are going to play in the league. So come yeah. on. We, uh, you bring up the point that we don't, we didn't mention any Texas guys that it's panned out for. And I think what that boils down to, which is still the most important thing, the most paramount thing that if we want to have a successful college football program, not for one season, but for years and years to come, the most important thing is coaching and their ability to put a good game plan in place and develop these guys because our recruiting classes were better than that of Oklahoma States and better than that of Baylor, right? Multiple years in a row. Now we were in a situation where we had to sit on the sidelines as those two teams played for the big 12 championship last year. You need to be able to develop these guys and it's all going to, I don't think this year, I don't, first of all, I think there's going to be less pressure by the time it gets to arch. I think Quinn is going to take a brunt of that these upcoming two years. Yeah, I think sure. Sarkeesian this year. And here's the thing about people that are really successful and under pressure that maybe didn't bode well for the prior two coaches. When you're under pressure, 
a lot of times you feel the weight of the world on your shoulder and you feel you have to do 9 million things to get it off your shoulders. When really a lot of the times it's one or two little adjustments, you don't have to do too much. Look, if we don't win the big 12, are we going to be upset and pouty? Heck yeah. We'll be a little, we'll be a little disgruntled, but if we go from five wins to nine wins this upcoming season, maybe we lose to Bama, play them closely. Maybe the Red River doesn't go our way. Maybe it does, and we lose. Oh no, we better beat them. They're, we, they're we lose. We lose. We lose a haphazard game like we're saying Tech on the road. Something that can happen, like that. Like, look, you know, it, it, it can happen. We could go to Oklahoma State. We're at. We're going to Stillwater this year. We could lose to Oklahoma State. That's plausible. Like, if we win nine games, yeah, we want to go to the playoffs. We want all these big things, but it still is a four-win turnaround. And it represents one of the more successful seasons we've seen in the last decade. And that to me says that while Sark is under immense amount of pressure, because he's got these new guys coming in, he's got these recruits and he still has to keep these recruits. Arch is committed, but nothing I'm again, you could transfer at any time. He could decommit at any time. Nothing for me is set. And I don't think yes. it's going to happen. I don't Manning think it's going to does things a little bit different. So that, hey, would be I, 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 that was the, that was the conversation Nick and I had at the couch the other day. And it was, we came to the agreement that it's different. But the a little different, like Peyton oh, said, we've already seen Peyton blurb. He's like, when well, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pey- like, Peyton hey, said he's he says he's proud of Arch. I don't think he's not leaving. He's not exactly. leaving. He's not. No one's leaving. I'm just simply saying you. But yeah. the other guys, though, you do have to win. You still have to win. That is the you most do, important and, thing. And you said something earlier about the guys being developed and all that. There's one part I think. Yes, you're 100 percent right. But the evaluation process. We got guys, you got the stars, we got the whatever, but we talked about it on other podcasts. When Sark got here, he was like, what was his plan with this roster? What, what, what was the plan? He has this many guys at this position, this many guys at this position, this many guys at this position, but it really doesn't fit per his scheme plan. What was his plan? And what we see in Sark and their staff is – Every time we're, we're like, oh, yep, that's what we need. We need linemen. Oh, yeah, man, dang, we need this. I mean, ultimately, if you, you ask me about every position, and we do need depth in others from an from a experience standpoint, but every position, and we have great starting linebackers, but every position but that position, I'm like, they're getting the pieces to the puzzle that needs to be done to, to be more successful. So I appreciate the evaluation that's happening right now. And, I, and from conversations I've had on campus, all I keep hearing is there's more to come, and that gets me fired. The you know what up, Derek Williams, safety. Some have him as a four star, some have him as a five star. As you were tell, as you were literally closing hey, that that's statement. That's what I'm talking about. Just, there com- is I just more got all my things. Just, just committed. Bro, we've we've had like eight commitments in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, eight commitments Nicholas. in the last forty eight hours. Yeah, that's that, and and of course the one we've been talking about most of the day. But that's what's happening. You need these dudes right here. And yeah. we need to go back to owning the state and recruiting, which we're seeing pictures of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I'm happy that Quan, you're back from VK. I'm back from VK, and we're coming back to some amazing news. Yes, sir. Hopefully, we'll have a lot more to report on next week. And honestly, I know next week, next time we see each other again, it'll be July probably. 
which means July, then there's August, and then but oh, then it's, it's getting, getting close showtime at the Apollo, guys. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But gentlemen, great stuff. Again, you know what? Yeah, we do have to convert this to wins. Yeah, we shouldn't put the cart before the horse. But this is major for our program. This is what we wanted. This is the start. We have our QB room being built, and the rooms will follow building the head right here. It's really exciting stuff. 40 acres, Joshua Fisher, Nikki Snacks, Crider, Alexander Disopolis, the Quan Cosby. This is Horns Up Talking Texas. Get your horns up. We'll see you guys next time. Welcome. Welcome, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.